Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Alu Axelman. It's nice to be back with you again. I want to do a video and podcast today of a talk I gave at Porkfest 2022 a few weeks ago that was either not recorded or the recording was not great or lost or cut short in the middle. I, I don't even remember, to be honest, because I spoke, I think, five or six times at Porkfest. And this one, I can't find any video for, so I'll do it again. This video is sponsored by the Silver Pool. Check out Silver Dave at 33 North Stork Highway in Lair, New Hampshire. He operates on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can get beautiful 10-ounce silver, 0.99, 0.95. He makes both one-ounce rounds and even these tiny silver bits that I have tons of now. And if you tell him the Liberty Block sent you, he'll give you an extra exclusive discount just for our listeners. So check him out at the Silver Pool, and you can... Learn more about him and his store if you look at our website at the Silver Pool page. And we did an interview with him as well a few weeks ago. Here are the tiny 10th ounce silver bits. All right, let's get into it. The talk I gave at Parkfest was about legislative tricks. Some some tricks, there's probably a better way to say it, but some things that you need to learn how to read between the lines to understand them. And I have, I think, eight examples here, and I have a few more. It might get to if I have time. And, and it's just the kind of thing that if you read the Liberty Block and listen to our podcasts, especially our New Hampshire-based podcasts that I do, you'll be familiar with this stuff. But if this is the first thing you're hearing or reading from the Liberty Block, then, then this is kind of a good intro, but this is kind of like the meat of what we do, to be honest. It, it's decipher and explain legislation that either is complicated or to be honest in new hampshire it's usually not very complicated or long but some are very deceptive so i think i guess that's the key word it should have been titled deceptive tricks or deceptive language in legislation in new hampshire and every state does this new hampshire is probably among the better states most bills are very short and simple but like i said some are deceptive and i'll show you a few keywords to key in on I've been reviewing bills for, I guess, four or five years now. Not like full-time or anything crazy like that. I, I volunteer for the NHLA a little bit, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, to review some bills. And I review them for Liberty Block to write articles about them. So I, I've caught a lot of these things. I think everything we're going to talk about today is things that I've caught, but some have been caught by others. Um, which is why it's great that we have such an amazing team of Liberty activists who are familiar with legislation in New Hampshire so we can catch a lot of these tricks. So the first one was pretty crazy i think i caught this one and and thankfully we were able to stop the bill it did not pass this bill essentially would have made it a crime a, a misdemeanor b to disobey any mask nazi karen who says put on a mask or get a vaccine and i'll explain how the bill exactly did that and this bill used um what, what i would call um for lack of a better phrase the, the grouping methodology or, or um, kind of like quickly passing something over and, and, and sandwiching one thing between, between a few others, and I'll show you what I mean. So I'll read the bill, and, and you see if you catch it. This is what I did at the talk. I, I said, it, raise your hand if you catch the, the mistake or the trigger flag, the, the trigger point in any of these bills, and, and one or two of them were caught by, by some people. So it says, a person is guilty of a Class B misdemeanor if such person assaults, threatens to assault, or refuses to comply with another who the actor knows to be a person who, as part of his or her employment duties, is relaying directions for health care or safety from his or her supervisor or employer, or relaying health or safety guidelines, recommendations, regulations, or rules from a federal, state, or local public health agency, 
or health or safety requirements contained in a state of emergency declared by the federal, state, or local government. And the act occurs during a state of emergency declared by the governor. I would um, interject here, dictator is the current term we're using, um, due to a public health emergency and for a period of six months after such declaration. So this bill only applies during a state of emergency and for six months afterwards. Our state of emergency in New Hampshire, because of dictator Snooney, was 16 months, so it means there's a 22-month period. So that's a lot of time this bill um, would have been acted for. Anyway, did you catch the mistake when I read it? It said, a person's guilty of a Class B misdemeanor if a person assaults the Karen, the person who's telling you to put on a mask. If you assault them, it's a Class B misdemeanor, makes sense. Or if you threaten to assault them, I guess makes sense too. Or refuses to comply. Wait, what now? If you refuse to comply with the Karen, you're guilty of a Class B misdemeanor just like if you assaulted the Karen. So assault threatening assault and refusing to comply are all grouped into one thing so again horrible bill it pretty much makes it a crime a misdemeanor to not comply with any old mask nazi the language is kind of complicated it seems like the, the karen has to be an employee who's giving you regulate um health safety guidelines recommendations regulations or rules as part of their duties but that could include cashiers because part of their duties is to tell people to put on masks right so it kind of, even if it's just for employees it still could apply to to a massive amount of people and and this applies during the state of emergency and for six months thereafter so thankfully we, we caught that i wrote an article about it it got a lot of views on liberty block and and people were up in arms rightfully so and it was killed so that bill did not pass there's another one that again similar a little bit complicated bill, but, but similar kind of thing. And I think I was the one who caught this, but I don't remember, but I, th I think it was me. So this one would have made it a crime to pretty much do anything to upset a police officer. And here's kind of how it did it. It said, quote, after receiving a verbal warning from a law enforcement officer not to approach, no person shall violate such warning and approach or remain within 30 feet of a law enforcement officer who's engaged in any lawful performance with the intent to interrupt, disrupt, hinder, impede, or interfere the law enforcement officer's ability to perform such duty or provoke a physical response from a law enforcement officer. And you can go to jail for a year and a $2,000 fine and it goes in your permanent record. It's a crime. So a few issues here. It says that you're guilty of this crime if you are warned by a cop, so you get a warning, but then if you approach or remain within 30 feet, so even if the cop comes into your 30-foot space, if you remain there, and if you have any intent to interrupt or disrupt or hinder or impede or interfere with him, which, again, many cops believe that, it, that it, they are hindered or disrupted by, by people filming them. So this really would have made... Filming police illegal, which is a big issue with First Amendment cases and, and a lot of other issues. Or if you provoke a physical response, I love how it says that. If the cop hits you, then then it's a crime because you must have provoked him because we all know cops are saints. And if they hit you, that that, that by definition inherently means that you, you uh, caused them, by disrupting them, you caused them, provoked them to, to use a physical response. So just incredible. Um, it would have made it a crime to film police or ever upset them or disrupt them or, or be within 30 feet of them. Thank God that bill was killed. Um, 
and I'll try to put all, all the bill numbers because I haven't been mentioning them because they're not written here, but I'll put all the bill numbers in the show notes for this. And I did um, write an article about pretty much all these, so I'll put the articles there too. All right, there's another uh, simple one. During the, the scandemic, um, Senate Bill 138 was a bill by, I think, all Democrats, and it would have made it a crime to excessively profit or excessive profiteering of 15% or more from any necessity during any abnormal market disruption. Um, so pretty much any time dictator Sununu believes that there's an abnormal market disruption in, I guess, the, the economy or in one certain commodity or product, or if it is imminent. So the bill says if, if the dictator says there's an abnormal market disruption or if one is imminent, which again can mean anything left up totally to his interpretation, then no person can increase the price of any product by 15%, as we've seen with Biden inflation now. Things have gone up 15% in the last year or two, sometimes in even the course of a few months. Um, so it would have essentially banned making a profit. Again, the, these psychotic communists think that profits are bad. Of course, profits is what drives all innovation. So, yeah, let me see um, who proposed it. Oh my God, it was proposed by, yeah, I had a feeling this white check. It was proposed by five Republican senators, five Democrat state senators, and two Democrat reps and one Republican rep. So, so six Republicans and seven Democrats proposed this bill. Yeah, really a bipartisan bill. That's sick, like we've said. And if people tell you Republicans aren't communists, show, show them that. A lot of them are. At least five senator Republicans are communists, which we knew that. All right, here's another great one that I, I believe I caught when I was reviewing for the NHLA. It ended up with a rating of like negative 35, which is pretty much the lowest it gets, and the bill was killed. This was the Democrats' attempt to craft the Rittenhouse bill. I forget if this was model legislation from a big gun control group nationally. It might have been, but after Rittenhouse obviously brought a, a firearm to what was essentially a, a riot by BLM, and obviously he needed it to protect his life, um, so it's a good thing you had it. With Democrats, their angle, obviously, the anti-gun, anti-freedom people, was, you know, all this happened because he brought a gun. If he hadn't brought a gun, it would have been fine. You know, they would have killed Rittenhouse, but it's fine. He's a white supremacist anyway, and everything would have been fine if he didn't bring a gun, right? Maybe he would have died, but who cares? He's white. So, so you know, if he didn't bring a gun, everyone would have been happy. Let's ban guns at, at riots. I mean, protests, mostly peaceful protests, right? So... Let's ban guns from, from these such events where there's, you know, uh, high emotions and all that stuff. It sounds like almost it makes sense, at least in some ways. What they did was they they wrote a bill that said, it because again, keep in mind, New Hampshire is the number one freest gun rights place in the United States. Nobody, nobody knows that. It's the best kept secret besides maybe Wyoming. Um, New Hampshire has no restrictions on firearms. We finally got rid of the last tiny technicality a few weeks ago. So we have no restrictions. In fact, we're the only place where you can carry anywhere without any permit at all. Do anything you want. Carry any kind of gun any way you want, open or concealed, anywhere besides a courthouse. Um, we don't have state laws about like schools or bars or anything, actually, which other other states, even the good states, do. So so I think we're, we're the number one freest or maybe tied for number one for gun rights. So we just show some background. Democrats didn't try to like ban guns. What they did was they tried to ban just open carrying guns. Because remember, you can open carry or concealed carry without a permit in New Hampshire, which is amazing. They tried to ban all open carry, even if you have a permit, ban you from carrying openly or displaying any gun or other weapon 
at these riots. But instead of saying at BLM riots, they said, quote, while participating in, affiliated with, or present as a spectator at any parade, funeral, funeral procession, picket line, march, rally, vigil, or demonstration, or other event organized or held for political, religious, or other First Amendment-related purpose. It literally says any other event. So it says, it starts with um, parade, but then it says, or any other event. So event, obviously, is one of the most broad terms in the universe. So considering that any event, and I think it says within 100 feet somewhere in the bill. So, so considering that you might be within 100 feet of any event at any given time, which everyone is within 100 feet of some event, because event doesn't actually mean anything, um, this would ban open carry in all of New Hampshire. So thankfully, we found this bill and we swiftly killed it. There's another article I wrote. Oh, here, here's another good one that I, I mentioned in the talk. If you lose a firearm, pretty much anyone who's responsible, and, and I would hope that all gun owners are pretty responsible, if you lose a gun, you, you should report it to authorities. Um, if, it's, if it's stolen or lost, if you don't know where it is, you don't know if it was stolen or if you lost it, you should report it. It's a good idea for a lot of reasons, so you can get it back, so they can track it, so that if someone does use it in a crime, at least you're somewhat covered um, for a lot of reasons. And maybe maybe there's someone who's a criminal, serial criminal going around stealing guns, right? But if you if it, if it never left your house and you misplaced it and you have a lot of guns, like certain patriots do, then you may misplace it and not know where it is for a day and then find it the next day when your wife does the cleaning. Not a big deal. Those people shouldn't really go to prison, right? Anyway, this would make it a crime to not report a lost gun within 72 hours of when it was misplaced but then the next line says the same thing, but then it says, it adds one word, purposely. If such person purposely fails to make such a report within the prescribed time period, um, and I think somewhere else in the bill it says, as soon as possible. It's a class A misdemeanor, so you go to prison, you go to jail for a year. So um, again, very problematic bill. Um, I kind of had a the house fire incident, had to leave the house, brought a few of my guns to friends to, to watch over them while I was in a hotel for two weeks, I believe. And, and when I got back in the house, there was I, I accounted for all my guns, and there was one I could not account for, and it took weeks to actually find it. It was in one of my drawers. I knew it was in one of my drawers, in my friend's drawer, and it wasn't lost, but I didn't report it. And it w I did not report it within 72 hours. Not at all. I didn't report it at all. So if this bill had been passed, the law would have put me in jail for you. So so it is personal for me. Um, but that bill was killed, thankfully. Yep, very problematic bill. Again, this was proposed... I think also by Republicans. I'll double check that real quick. It was, um, no, it was uh, for Democratic senators, that one. That was Senate Bill 719. So the next one was a bill that I think pretty much violates free speech, was the biggest issue, was House Bill 1587. And this one, very interesting bill. It, it, it essentially says it created a license for locksmiths. Currently in New Hampshire, locksmiths do not need licenses. This would create a license, but but it did it in a really bad way. I don't believe in any government licenses because it's just it's where the government steals your right to earn a living and sells it back to you and says, jump to these hoops, go to college for four years, apply to us, beg for us, bow down underneath, kiss our ring, and give us you know eighty five thousand dollars every year, and then we'll let you do that work that you you want to do with consenting customers and clients. So I, I don't agree with licenses, but this goes beyond that. This, this actually is not about economic freedom, it's about free speech, and I'll explain how. 
The bill says, no person shall engage in locksmithing, use the title locksmith, or display or use any words, letters, figures, title, advertisement, or other method to indicate said person is a locksmith if, if they are not licensed by the state. It essentially says if you don't have a state license to be a locksmith, don't ever think of the word of using the word locksmith ever, or you having any title relating to lock or smith, or using any letter or word or figure or title or advertisement or any other method of anything to indicate that you have anything to do with locksmithing or locks or keys or doors ever in your life. If you even say any of those words, you're on directly to prison. So obviously it violates free speech because I should be free to say, hey, I am an awesome locksmith. Or, hey, I would like to train as locksmith. Or, hey, uh, I can help you with your keys and stuff. Any of those things, you'd all go to prison. So really bad bill. They actually did a similar one with another – let me see if I put it in the article. There was a very similar bill with another kind of um, vocation. They did this for locksmiths and the exact same thing for um, – was it a – darn, I can't remember. It was another, another um, technical skill. Where they said if you if you even mention this, then you're gonna go to prison. If you even mention uh, that that you do that kind of job, and there was actually a case where a person who was licensed, I think he was um, like a, a an electrical um, traffic light engineer in I think like Washington State or Oregon or something, and he he mentioned it, but because he wasn't currently licensed by the state at the time, he mentioned it. In some big complaint to the state because their red light, their red lights, their yellow lights were too short or something, or the cameras were effed up. It was a long time ago, and the courts ruled that, that I think they they ruled in like Washington or something that he can't use the word in in the complaint in like the lawsuit. He couldn't use the word engineer. Um, there's a big case about that with like the IJ or ACLU or something. So that, that was an interesting case. Um, there are a few other bills that I, I wanted to touch upon. I don't think I did, um, but they, they just um, kind of illustrate how important it is to understand the tiny nuances of language and bills. So I, I want to make this whole thing into one long article one day when I have time, but um, I don't know when I'll ever get the time to do that. So that pr pretty much wraps it up. There's just a few brief examples of some of the work we've done at Liberty Block on deciphering articles where, where one or two keywords could easily be looked over by me but if you have someone who has some experience who reads them a few times you can catch a lot of these issues um, and that's why we have, we have an awesome team here in New Hampshire with NHLA and, and us and so many other groups that review bills so if you are interested in helping we always need volunteers it's all volunteer I volunteer my time like 80 hours a week for Liberty Block um, none of us get paid and although we finally have a sponsor now so we can make you know a tiny bit of ounces of silver maybe one day um, but if you want to volunteer and help with, with, with podcasts, articles, editing, even sharing or ideas or anything, well, we are all ears. You could email me at alu at libertyblock.com or, or, um, email us at any of our other emails and you know how to find me on Facebook and Twitter at alubaxelman. So check out libertyblock.com, check out thesilverpool.com and visit the silver pool and get some silver. I'm going to go again sometime later next week and maybe pick up some more silver and gold. So thank you very much. Check back to libertyblock.com. We have some phenomenal news dropping in a day or two, hopefully, about the survey for independence on New Hampshire. There are other surveys that, that Yahoo News YouGov just did, a big poll, um, shows a lot of support for independence. And we are rocking and rolling and getting more pro-independence news every day, it seems.
So stay tuned and keep up the fight. Thank you very much.